Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm your radio, radio show. I'm your radio, radio show. Hello and welcome to the Not Nine podcast. Myself, Not Nine, and Andrea Cleary here. Hello. How are we doing? Good. Episode number 80, I believe, of the 909 podcast. Oh, yes. Happy birthday. Absolutely. And we have a special, quiet, hopefully, guest in the, in the studio with us. Uh, Who's going to stay in the corner and, and a, have a sleep. Be a good dog. Be a good dog. Daffodil yeah. in the house. Yeah, she's been with us all day today, so uh, she is hopefully chilling for most of it. But if you do hear a dog, it is the sound of Daffodil. <laughs> we are going to be talking about a new album from Caribou we uh, are. called Suddenly. Uh, Dance Nate's first album in five years. Gatubbin. Uh Exactly. And uh, we'll also be talking about new tracks from the Avalanches and uh, Throwing Muses as well. And uh, we have plenty of reasons to be cheerful this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, we have a gripe. A small gripe. It's not a small gripe. It is. A, it's, it's becoming a larger gripe I'm than furious. it should be. I'd yeah. forgotten about this. Right. If anybody out there... Cast your minds back to um, June 2019. Wednesday, the 5th of June. Wednesday, the 5th of 2019. June. 2019. It was a sunny day, as I recall. Uh, we were recording the podcast and we were very excited at the announcement that um, uh, Jay Paul, Jay Paul, how, how do you say it? Do you say Jay or Jay? Jay. Jay Paul. That Jay Paul uh, was releasing uh, two singles on a 12 inch vinyl. Mm-hmm. And we both said, well, that sounds great. Let's order it. Yeah. And we ordered, he released Jasmine at the same time, didn't he? Yeah. You know what happened? So he released a new, that was when the new tracks came out, right? Yeah. 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 So then he also re-released Jasmine yeah. on 12 inch. And I was, uh, so I put money down for the grand total of 21 49 20, sterling 29, yep, on yep. the 5th of June, 2019, Me too. 1642. And... The date, as it currently stands, is Wednesday the 26th of February, 
And they're still no 2020. sign. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yes, the next year. No sign of it. Still no so sign. So the last update we got was, uh, for me anyway, uh, September 16, 2019 at 3.54 p.m. Dear customer, this is from a Jaipal official store or no reply at sandbaguk.com. Uh, dear customer, we'd like to offer our sincerest apologies that the Jasmine Special Edition 12-inch vinyl has been delayed due to holdups in production. Now, I heard a rumor that the holdups were because they were scenting all of the um, the LPs <laughs> with Jasmine. Is that, was that I, not a joke? I don't know, but I believe it. Oh, God. I'm, I'm believing it. I thought it was a joke um, yesterday when someone said that. This has set the shipping date back by approximately 12 weeks, right? I'm going to continue um, okay. reading yeah. this while you do the maths on okay. that 12 weeks, right? 16th, right. Um, okay. Although we're hopeful that it will be sooner. We are doing our best to get your records out to you as soon as possible. Apologies once again, and thank you for your patience. Best regards. Click here to visit website. 12 so, weeks would have been the first week in December, I believe. Yeah. It Which, is now um, one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, I know, nine, ten, eleven, another twelve weeks. Another so twenty-four weeks. It's been yeah. almost half a year since that so, update. If you're listening, Jai Paul or <laughs> Sandbag UK, and we know you are. We know you are. Um what what's up? We just want to talk. Come on, give like, us the Jasmine and special you, edition. You emailed, didn't you, at some point asking where it was? Yes, I updated my uh, address to the office address, so mm. I would definitely get it whenever it arrives because I'm moving out of a house. Mm. Um, and there was no further update at that point. <laughs> so uh, they got back to you to say that was around no that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, yeah, or maybe it was November or so when I. Did I'm going to say it. I don't think it's happening. Mm. Well, think, we paid think, for it. I know. I think someone really fucked up and is hoping that we I, just don't get it. I touch. think every month I'm just going to be like, still waiting, still yeah. waiting for it. Yeah, <laughs> dear Jaipal, if he releases music like before I before I receive this, I'm going to be so I mad. will be so pissed. Like, <laughs> stop spending time in the studio get shipping your goddamn 12 inches come on yeah, yeah come on that's our gripe of the week which right. i think we should probably have as a as a <laughs> well, segment we're starting with the gripe of the week because we're only going to get uh, more positive from here on in yeah i believe yeah um well we start with the all together now lineup that happened um was really announced on monday mm-hmm. it's the third edition of the festival in Cormor house um obviously last year was uh, other than the music, the big story was the traffic and the amount of time people had to wait to get in to the festival and all of that. Huge story. Aurora and fiasco, so much so that it was on Joe Duffy, for God's sake. Oh my gosh. So much, so much anger it's and disappointment. absolutely ridiculous, Joe. And once you got there, you had a great time, but I was there. Nine hours people were in the but g- waiting for. But I suppose like the big thing with that story and that kind of, it, it was kind of monumental in its fuck up um but i imagine and have heard from people that you know a lot of people bought tickets for that festival to see specifically to see fontaine's dc and they just missed that show. that's right like yeah. which is like <laughs> you, oh, you just wouldn't be happy but 
the other kicker was that I think for a lot of people, even if they had like had that really, really awful experience trying to get into the festival, had the weather been good for the rest of the weekend, it might have helped with forgiving. But the weather was shit all weekend. It was like fucking pissed rain for the entire weekend. I think people just had like a really bad experience. Yeah. So, so I mean, other than the logistical stuff of building roads and extra roads to get people in and out yeah. this year. We haven't got that information yet, but what we do have is the actual lineup of the festival. Which is strong. I would say it's fairly strong, yeah. We've got the likes of Lauren Hill playing her first Irish festival ever. We've got Rufus Wainwright, Iggy Pop, who was previously announced. um, First uh, solo Irish show in 12 years, apparently. Uh, Sinead O'Connor is there, who apparently has a very good new young band and is doing quite well. Um, Lots of Irish acts as well. You got Lancome, Pow Pig. Girl band, um, who else is there? Pillow Queens are Pillow there, Queens. Man All Are Tough. Um, we have the likes of Tan and Felix and Little Dragon, mm-hmm. Shame, bands like uh, UK kind of like rock bands like uh, Shame and Dry Cleaning. Marika Hackman. Marika Hackman, The Staves, uh, Agnes Obel, Honey Dijon, DJ Coes, Muramasa, Floating Points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's Sorker something Richardson. here for... I think it's a very solid nearly lineup. everybody yeah. like yeah. if you're interested in like indie alternative or rock or and then you've got your kind of legacy acts as well and georgia isn't there be excited to see her finally yeah there's not a whole lot of like hip-hop on it yeah but I'd say that's fair. i think th- like that's that's a different festival i suppose i mean that's i mean all those acts are probably just going to play longitude so uh, well, mostly, yeah, with yeah. the big ones. Yeah, yeah. But sure. so, but I, th- I think it's a real, I mean, this, and I think if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know my feelings about festivals, <laughs> but this actually makes me want to go to it. Um, Despite so, last year, and that's, I think that's the big thing. Well, right? I had a fine experience last year because I went yeah. down on the Saturday afternoon oh, yeah, and I came I missed most of it because I went, Sunday, went to a friend, so. so. Yeah. And waited. I will, I will try to stay off site though, to like, just have a have a bed because <laughs> I'm becoming an old lady I just can't stay in tents anymore you'll be in but bed I'm, by 11 o'clock I mean that's last year yeah I was in bed by, by <laughs> half 11 I was in my tent by half 11 my my little sleep mask on I had a great yeah. sleep I was up with the birds the next day it was great yeah. isn't it funny how people react to festival lineups though you know like uh just the kind of things that people say in response and how they're underwhelmed and all that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I think it's a misunderstanding of how festivals are run sometimes and how much money festivals have. Mm. Like, there was a couple of um, people who were just like, I can't believe they didn't get their checkbook out after last year. It was mm. like, like it's Pod and Aiken doing a festival together, not quite the same as a festival public necessarily. Yeah. So they don't it's exactly... It's very unlikely that they made a profit last year. Like, like, it's, not, it's not exactly like they have a huge amount of money no. like hanging around no. that they're holding off on. It's like, oh, we'll spend that on some massive act. No. You know, so I think people I think have to the, be a bit the only Irish festival that can probably afford to do that is Electric Picnic. Like yeah. they're probably the only one that it, that is turning over like a significant profit to like keep on for next year but i yeah, mean well, like absolutely but, sold out in advance all yeah that but of all of that stuff has to go into like facilities as well like they're the things that you need to be like getting your like we've all seen the fire festival doc you know like yeah. you have to spend the money on the toilets first and then worry about booking the weekend or whatever okay. um One you, of the other you things had like... a, a piece on the site today which was an educated guess at um yeah 
about electric, electric lineup. lineup. Yeah, lineup, I mean, yeah. it was kind of speculative, but also based on some rumors we've heard as well. Mm. So, I mean, if it's true, I mean, a lot of the main headliners will probably be pretty uh, middle of the road, really. Like Liam Gallagher's in there. Um, we heard that maybe Tame Impala, good shout on them, them being announced, although. They haven't announced any uh, European dates for that around that time of mm. year. But um, again, this is unofficial. Unofficial. These mm. are just rumors and uh, speculation. Um, Stormzy, even though he's playing two gigs the following week in Dublin, there's See, that strong suggestion kind he could of, be playing Electric Picnic as well. That to me, like I reckon, that's probably likely because Stormzy likes Ireland, so he might just make a little. You never know. Make a little week of it. You know who else will be there? Who? Nile Rodgers and Sheik, I think. Oh my god! <laughs> would you? Would you another? Would you another? Well, I still have to go because remember we were yeah. saying that I'll have to go and do my first Nile Rodgers <laughs> gig. <laughs> still haven't. I'm the only well, person. See, you're one of the few, but uh, one yeah. of very few, I imagine. He's, he's, at this stage. He's, Sheik are doing fair few gigs on the, in the UK in the lead up to nice. the picnic weekend, so there's a good chance I'm of that. I'm so happy that they just get the <laughs> opportunity to because. They're very good, like, to be fair to them. Other other uh, potentials are the likes of Calvin Harris and Miley Cyrus, which is speculative, but it's based on um, Lollapalooza Berlin and the fact that Festival Public also book Lollapalooza Berlin, which is happening the same weekend. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hitting the microphone. Um, Blame and on the dog. The yeah. Dog. Uh, so you just never know. You never know. Um, but there's look, there's the likes of Flume and Disclosure, Two Door Cinema Club, uh, Folds were suggested as well, uh, Royal Blood, the likes of that. Um, yeah, look, to me, it's like anything. Like a festival lineup is um, the sum of all of its parts and not just like the headliners. Because if you only focus Absolutely. on the headliners, well, what kind of person are you if you go yeah. to the festival? Most of the time you miss the headliner anyway. It's too busy. You have to at least you? miss one of the headliners. Oh, yeah. Even if you want to see them all. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So one of the one of the things I saw after on Monday after um, <laughs> there's just the things that people say. It's like if it's cancelled because of coronavirus, will they get refunds? Will we get oh refunds? It's like people are already asking for that. <laughs> it's and like then, August. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Give then, us a chance. And there was another one that was like, "Will there be wasps this year?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, at, at all together now? Yeah, all together now, yeah. That, do you know, I'd forgotten and I swore to myself that I wouldn't forget the wasp situation. It was an opposite of, no, I was about to use the word pandemic, which is not uh, not appropriate in the current climate. But um, it was... It not was, a nice buzz. It was not, uh-huh, not, not a nice buzz at all. Um, yeah, bad wasps, bad traffic. Hopefully they do better this year. I yeah. believe they will. They seemed genuinely heartbroken about all the problems that happened last year like yeah, and like the pressure is really really on them to to make this a good experience for people so i i wish them all the best with it and i think that this being step one towards a successful weekend it's pretty strong very yeah. very strong lineup so okay well we, i guess it remains to be seen the the ultimate uh vote is whether people buy tickets for it and that's i think they will that's number one i think they will yeah i think they will the, the lineup is strong enough yeah. and i think a lot of my mates who, um, that they will. who were caught up in the friday evening business last year have all said that they're going to go this year off the back of this lineup so right well i have some other good news for you and um, uh this is uh, uh by way of introduction i'm gonna play the song You brought milkshakes for us? No, unfortunately not. Oh. But uh, it is twentieth twentieth anniversary of Kalisa's album Kaleidoscope. Of that, that and song. As part of that, of the album 
kaleidoscope which milkshake is on it's been 20 years 20 years yeah um so she's doing a, some uk uh, dates as part of the uh, celebration for this album mm. uh, but she is literally bringing her milkshakes to the yard because she's opening a milkshake bar on the day after oh, <laughs> in, a, in a in in shoreditch um, uh, milkshake bar is uh, obviously where does it come from? It's coming. That's, that's not a milkshake. <laughs> so on the day after her London Roadhouse gig on March seventeenth, if you pop down to the uh, the Iron Bloom in Shoreditch, uh, you will be you'll be given a choice of one of five different milkshakes served by Kelly's herself. Do you know what what the choices are? Yeah, well, I've okay. I've three of them. We get uh, well, like we're talking right. We're talking vanilla, right? Hmm. Standard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're talking chalk. They are a bit more interesting than that because you know Kelis has a oh. culinary background, and uh, right. so she's gone to as long something as I can get a bit my, more like, interesting. Mint chalk on. Hmm. Well, I don't see that here. I'll tell you what they are. Right, okay. so Millionaire is a edible uh, comes with edible hundred dollar bills and real gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, good stuff. Also, Millionaire is my favorite Kelis song. Very good. With the yeah. one with Andrew Three Thousand. It's an absolute banger. Absolute banger. Um, good stuff. Uh, another song from the Kaleidoscope album, which contains plantain, jerk seasoning, and frozen banana. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Look warm in that yeah. one. Um, and a vegan shake called Trick Me. Nice. That's all I really know for now. Okay. So there you go. Kalisa's album is 20 years old and so she's I I feel very, very strange about the fact that I was nine years old when I first heard Milkshake in that case. Like, wow. And I'm nearly certain I knew what it was about. (laughs) Or like someone told me. I'm sure you did. Or I'm probably, I probably learned what it was about. And I was like, oh, (laughs) is it? (laughs) That's about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 20 years. Oh, don't like it. Don't like it at all. No. Uh, my reason to be cheerful. Oh, hold on. Oh, that was only that was only my precursor to reason to be oh, cheerful. Oh God, sorry. Yeah, go back on. Into bed. Why don't you get back into bed? Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Summer buddy holly. The work. Yeah, so it is time for a reason to be cheerful. Uh, I have a few different reasons this week. Okay. So you you kick off. Are you sure? Yeah. Um, a couple of them are just very uh, simple. Okay. Uh, one of them is the news that the Fontaines gig that is happening, the Rock Against Homelessness gig in the Olympia Theatre, which is now sold out, is to raise sixty thousand euro for Focus Ireland. That's pretty which good. Which is a lovely buzz uh, and nice that somebody has been able to do that. Um, and that night uh, features the Fontaines DC, the Murder Capital, Kneecap, Joseph Mustard, the Altered Errors, Melts, Mary Wallopers, and Stefan Murphy. So. Uh, fair play to them for doing that because Luke actually was the one who was asking about how much that was going to raise. So uh, they got the he got the figure of sixty thousand euro. Got the scoop. Them. So that's cool. Uh, a couple of things uh, of interest: um, Keen Kavanagh and Maria Somerville, two upcoming Irish musicians, are on the same album as Ghostface Killer, A.K. Paul, Flo Hio, and the lead singer of Crass. This is the cool. Everything Is Recorded album that's coming out mm. uh, in March. And yeah, they are on the uh, features list. It's pretty so you pretty know strong. that's pretty cool, right? This is a nice little thing, a little local story. Yeah. Um, so I was just pleased to see that today. I we, Maria Somerville, um, her song came out a while ago, but just the news that Keen Kavanagh from Salt by Records was also on it. That's great. I'm a um, big fan of him. Yeah, I yeah. think I think he's very charming. I've seen him live a couple of times. So I think he's really good. Yeah. So you tell me then your reason to be cheerful this <sighs> just week. Just the one, like it's you know that feeling when you're looking forward to a gig and then you forget the gig is on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently, the 1975 gig is on Tuesday. 
this ah. coming Tuesday, the 3rd of March. And um, it's only been a matter of months, really, since... When was it? When, was, when did they play last time? Last January. Was it last January? Last January. God. It was my first gig of last I think, year. I think the radiance of, that came from you it's after that gig yeah. was so sustainable I know. Uh, in terms of uh, its energy that it just feels like it's last week. Big, big <laughs> gig energy off me. Um, so I knew a lot, or I didn't know, rather, last time a lot of their music but this time around there's not not only am I more familiar with everything they've done so far I'm hoping to hear some cuts from the new album which has been delayed Do, so is there a release date for it oh, I think it's like I think it's like March or April maybe April um yeah I must check it but um I imagine we're going to hear some stuff from that from it. So, I'm sure um, you will. Yeah, really, really excited for that. Cool. Um, the one something that got me, uh, gave me a reason to be cheerful this week was the performance that I watched this morning of Caroline Rose, who is a, a musician that we featured here in 2018 on the podcast. You know, I'm called Loner, has a new one out next month called Superstar. Did a, her TV debut on a Late Night with, are they all just called Late Night? With Seth, Seth Myers. Myers, yeah. And uh, I was just really impressed. I was like, she looks like a bit of crack. Yeah. Having a bit of fun. Um, quick blast of the performance. Obviously, you can't see what she's doing, but she's doing a bit of jumping around and dancing. She's and being very charming and yeah, a bit gas. Looking like she's having a bit of crack. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth to watch if you uh, we put it up on Nine.com today. Uh, so do watch that uh, if you're interested in that. It's a nice song, but it's also one of those ones that just, you know, you, I hadn't seen her live before and I was like, ah, she's good crack. I yeah, like her. She yeah, she is, yeah. So I'd like to see her come over here sometime soon, maybe. That'd be good. Um, so yeah, just uh, seems like I'm talking about the website. Um, if you want to support us, we are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Nine. Um, doing weekly playlists and uh, all sorts of stuff like uh, posted the full recording from Lumo last weekend for example mm-hmm. the full four and a half hours maybe this week we'll put up a picture of Davo <laughs> more dog Get content dog content more dog content yeah. yes I feel this. like that would that would draw the people in there's none of dogs on the internet it's very, very hard to find pictures of dogs it is on the internet hard, so. yeah very hard yeah you know where to find it <laughs> okay that's <laughs> patreon.com forward slash nine and by supporting that from a five or a month you can help support us and feed the dog feed the dog literally um <laughs> yeah because your your five or a month goes directly the, to treats <laughs> she's giving me the poor mouth here yeah she's, she's looking for more treats yeah Okay, no, she's been very good. I'm very impressed. <laughs> she is, mostly. You will hear her again. I'm no, I have no yeah. doubt. <laughs> okay, it's time for our first song of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first song is from the Avalanches. It is called We Will Always Love You. Think about leaving the house, but my fears aren't letting up.
as the avalanches featuring blood orange song is called we will always love you um there was some twinkling uh, well they've announced some live dates uh, the avalanches this year they're playing forbidden fruit this year so it was almost inevitable they would release some new music but i guess not that inevitable considering it took them 16 years to follow up their uh, seminal album since i left you and mm. um, but it looks like an album is on the way four years later after wildflower and I was very impressed by this. It took me by surprise because I, it's not the kind of, usually when the last one, they came back with Wildflower, they had that Frankie Sinatra song, which mm. was a bit like a novelty kind of thing. Again, you're like, oh, I see what they're doing. They're doing the fight. I liked the rest of that record. Yeah, there was there. some really great yeah. songs on that. And I think they are very good at weaving tapestry of samples in, obviously that's what they're known for. But mm. um, there was something, a different shade to this that was maybe deeper and, uh, you know, colored by life experience. They said in a statement, the uh, new record is all about life after all kinds of debt. And the statement all goes on to say, every voice ever played on the radio in the last hundred years now exists in the stars. The transmission of these singers are forever floating around out there, lost in the cosmos, endless traveling. Tonight, Smokey Robinson duets with Dev Hines and the Roaches. Uh, those spirits are out there. We're each a tune floating in space. And this one's for you. Is it a duet if it's three artists? <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. What is it called if it's not? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's a nitpick, but you know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, um, somebody didn't so bad at this. Um, <laughs> I love this song. I love it. I think it's such a strong comeback from an act that I think it is kind of one of the most important of its kind in terms of the influence, like the influences that the Avalanches have had on sampling and in creating those conversations between like the past and present, between like modern music and and the music that it kind of comes from, I find so, so special. And I think I feel that so much on this, like it has that kind of hazy, woozy, crackly production, that kind of like nearly signature, like almost sinister sounding thing where things are like slightly off kilter. Um, but it at once sounds like a classic and modern at the same time. I, I absolutely love it. I think Dev Hines sounds great. It reminded me how much I loved that album that he released the year before last now, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Since 2018. Um, Charcoal Baby. Yeah, it reminded me kind of how much I loved that and love kind of hearing him. I, I think he's really, really strong on this, especially like in the second half of it. Um, love this, love, love, love it. Yeah, me too. Um, the my favorite part is the kind of celestial choir, which is actually a sample of mm. the Roaches song, uh, Hammond song, which a number of people uh, I spoke to in the last week uh, named it as one of the songs that like means a lot to them that they found maybe on YouTube or something yeah. like that. And here it is on its own, just to hear uh, how they turned it into that.
Just one of those very rich sample sources that you could mm. you don't need to do an awful lot with and can add so much emotion to the song. Yeah, yeah. like it, on its own, like in its original format, it's so kind of folky and uh, acoustic-y and um, quite its own thing. And then, so the, the sample there in its kind of original format is so kind of folk acoustic-y, whereas when it's used in the context of this song it's like a kind of it sounds like gospel-y and sounds like a I don't know like an early Kanye gospel thing and I, yeah I really really love it I think it's beautiful yeah it's fine uh, use of a sample and that's how you do it and uh, that's the avalanche so yeah. yeah so it makes me very excited what, one about gripe hearing... with it is that I really wish the song was longer <laughs> I think that's short. a great thing to do though yeah a nice short song Keeps you coming back. Yeah. Sometimes. There's another one this week like that as well, actually. Yeah. Okay. Is it the next one, perhaps? It is a Throwing Muses song? No. Um, it's not. No, this one's a fine line. Okay. But uh, let's talk well, about it. Well, our next anyway. song is from the Throwing Muses and it is called Dark Blue. It is the return of Throwing Muses after seven years since they were released. I think this is called Dark Blue. Yeah, 2013 um, was the last. Can you give uh, anyone who doesn't know a quick primer into who Throwing Muses are? Yeah, uh, alt-rock band from Rhode Island going since the early 80s up until the late 90s when they kind of disbanded. Uh, I don't think officially, but like all the members kind of went and did their own thing. Um they sound the way they sound there, kind of sludgy, grungy, rock. Um, Kristen Hirsch. Yeah, primary songwriter, her and and another lady in the group whose name actually escapes me are the two primary songwriters. But that's, uh, we we hear um, Kristen Hirsch there uh, on vocals. And there will be an LP coming, um, Sun Racket on May 22nd, uh, like you said, first since uh, 2013's uh, Purgatory Paradise. So um, first uh, LP since 2013's Purgatory Paradise. So I think a lot of, and this will be the 10th album that they've released. So I think a lot of people are going to be quite excited by this. Um, they're kind of, they're well loved in of a certain circle. age. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I really, really like their sound. Um, I'm not like hugely familiar with like their whole back catalogue, but like I am a big fan of this track. Uh, I think it's really, really strong and I definitely am looking forward to the album. Okay. Yeah. Very good. We're going to go to a brand new artist or a pretty brand new artist compared to Throwing Muses. This mm. is a new track from April Lawler, aka just April. It is called The Impossible Task of Feeling Complete. Mm. 
April, um, she is a Kildare artist who, uh, I think that is her first like proper single, um, mostly had released stuff from uh, demos and kind of things she made in her bedroom on SoundCloud previously, and that is the first proper release she's had um, on since uh, appearing last year. I assume um, she had some like studio time, oh, yeah, record label stuff yeah, going yeah. on here. There's yeah. been a lot of that kind of stuff in the last year, and so some development stuff, so that is it the first That's we've cool. heard from her in an official capacity and uh, i definitely hear a bit of strain of uh lana del rey in there as well. yeah for sure yeah yeah her voice it, it sounds like like somebody else and i don't know it's been driving me mad who it is um but i don't know who but this is lovely this is really really nice. she's got a beautiful voice yeah it's one of those like it's very so- simple music um seen her live a good few times she actually played an output for the showcase that we put on uh two weeks ago and there's just something about her voice that draws you in. It's very simple. It's very, it's relatively unadorned, but it has a lot of expression in it. And, yeah, um, yeah. It, it doesn't need a lot to go around it to make it uh, sing even more. So I agree. I, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, promise in uh, the music of April. So um, that's. Why. I wonder what what her other stuff is going to sound like if it's all going to be this kind of like slow business or if she's got mostly it has or? been that kind of vibe she's like done some covers of like ariana grande and stuff like that okay. as well on soundcloud which you can listen to april lawler if you look on soundcloud you can see some of those uh or hear some of those covers as well but that is the first proper track since uh this year anyway that she's released so um that's good someone to keep an eye on yeah sure. absolutely yeah. uh our final track for our songs of the week this week is from eve's tumor and it's called gospel for a new country So that's Eve's Tumor. Her song is actually called Gospel for a New Century. Um, Eve's Tumor is an artist who releases on Warp Records. Um, uh, they played uh, Electric Picnic last year. 
a very interesting set all sorts of things happening it's not even even that song would be more straight ahead than a lot of the eve's tumor catalog it is kind of flits between kind of sample stuff and um, all sorts of some of it reminds me of jay dilla mm. and this is a, a different uh shade of all that kind of stuff uh 2018's album uh safe in the hands of love is definitely worth a listen it has a bit more R&B kind of stuff and electronic stuff and yeah. then this is more on the rock end of things. I definitely think you don't get a full kind of flavour of the song from just the chorus. I, I, I think there's a lot more interesting stuff happening in the verses actually. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think this is a really rich kind of recording. Like there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of play with samples and it's kind of that kitchen sink thing where it's like anything that could have been added in was um and i think it works really really well i really like it yeah me too eve's tumor um the album is coming out a heaven to a tortured mind on april 3rd on warp Mm -hmm. records very much an album artist i think generally so uh we look forward to hearing that safe in the hands of love definitely is like if you haven't listened to it if anyone hasn't listened to it definitely like it's a it's a good one to sit down with. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Strong album awesome. from twenty eighteen, mm. indeed. Okay, it's time for our album of the week. And this Friday, Dance Nate, aka AKA Caribou, releases his uh, new album, his first in five years, called Suddenly. And it takes stock of family life after death and divorce in his immediate uh, companionship and uh, family. Um, And we've heard a number of tracks from it so far. Obviously, Caribou has been around for a good number of years, initially starting as Manitoba. And now returning to the Caribou moniker after being uh, releasing stuff under the name Daphne, kind of more electronic stuff. Obviously, the last record from Caribou from 2014, Our Love, was huge in terms of its cultural impact and its impact on festivals and lineups. And Caribou ended up touring for maybe three or four years solid. I think probably in, in not dissimilar to the last Tame Impala record in terms yeah. of its reach. like Big, yeah, big, big record. Huge record, yeah. Yeah. So we will hear a little bit from a, a song called Home here first and then we'll discuss the album. Yeah, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home. Yeah, she's going home. Baby, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home. That's Caribou at home. So we're approaching suddenly the fifth uh, official Caribou album. Uh, before that, we had two Manitoba albums, 2001, 2003, Start Breaking My Heart and Open Flames. Then Caribou 2005 with The Milk of Human Kindness then started to get a bit more uh, interest in terms of... Uh, fans and the like with uh, an album 27 2007 called andorra then the kind of breakthrough album was 2010 swim and then the big one was our love and here we are with 2020s suddenly which is out on friday um this album's construction seems to be taken a lot from a 900 demos 
of or loops of productions that Dan Snape made in the process of working on this record and paired and developed some of those into the 12 songs that we have here. Um, Unofficial like sampling week this week. Yeah, a lot of sampling going on. Yeah, a theme has emerged. Yeah. Last week it was all copyright infringement. Yes. This week it's all samples. (laughs) It's samples, which I mean, they're not that far away from each other in the... (laughs) Not really. <laughs> pantheon of musical ideas. Yes, that's true. Um, so I've been listening to this record for a number of weeks now. And um, generally, uh, my first take on it and my like ultimate take on it is probably that it's definitely not a dance record like Our Love. It's a softer um, focus. It has takes some of the psychedelic and folk elements that or folk tronica, you might say, that uh, existed in previous Caribou records. But then adds samples, as we mm. said, and then more kind of 90s hip-hop uh, beat inspirations. There's more kind of loop-based stuff here. But there's also plenty of room for um, the kind of experimental kind of passages that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily associate with the last album, maybe some of the other stuff mm. in Caribou's um Wheelhouse, the discography of uh, his side project Daphne is pretty much where the dance floor stuff was completely gone, the 4-4 stuff. There's definitely less 4-4 music here. Like I remember when Our Love came out, one of the things that happened and uh, he was Caribou did an essential mix on BBC Radio 1, mm. which, you know, a lot of the record was featured on it. Yeah. And it was kind of an introduction to what was happening on the record and very much like 4-4 upbeat, high BPM tracks here. There's a lot less of that. It's a much more personal album and it's a much more, um, it's a gentler release, I would say. Mm. It seems to be more personal and not something personal that you maybe would know without context. The first song on its sister has a snippet of his mother singing a nursery rhyme from way back. Uh, and as we discussed, there's lots of samples on this as well. Mm. So Dre, what do you think of this album, uh, Caribou, from uh, from Caribou? Yeah, I love this step for him. Um it might be a recency bias thing, but I think that this is the record that Tame Impala wanted to make in terms of pairing things back a little bit and making it a little bit more personal and introspective. Um, and I think this release really, really works for me. Um, I love that it's not, you know, all dance floor filler hits, but they are there. Like Home, I think, is such a masterful song. Like it's it's really, really kind of, genius um and that's the one we heard to start the one we just heard there and uh we spoke a few weeks ago about um the other big track from it never come back never come back yeah so like those those big hits are there for the people that are looking for them but i think yeah the the slower moments of the album where he's sort of just playing around with like the opening track he's just kind of playing around with like very gentle tones you're really really eased in um i love that and it the record kind of flies by for me um and i think that the the sequencing of the songs really works for me like it it feels like there's a narrative there it feels like there's ebbs and flows in the right places like you're kind of once you reach home the I, I was saying to you before we started recording that like you know I was listening through it and then that like opening of home just kind of came on and I was like yeah this is exactly what I needed so I was like really starting to listen to the sequencing there um I yeah I really really like this um and I think it's because when it comes to electronic music I tend not to 
be as interested or moved by the by the four four stuff um and I'm a bit more interested in this stuff I don't want to say the more interesting stuff but I mean the 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 more experimental yeah there's definitely more uh less reliance on beats and more interesting uh passages that Mm. kind of drift instead like I do love all the loop stuff I do I I love all that I I love the kind of hip-hop parts of it yeah with all that as well even there's like a track like Sonny's Time which has like kind of cascading piano and then Uh, unexpected like chopped up kind of rap sample in it as well and then kind of goes leans into a bit of jazzy kind of stuff as well so not kind of totally um something you would have expected from caribou but definitely you know it's not a million miles away either same with there's nothing overly like surprising yeah in it it still feels like it's within the same world i think he uses those tones very similarly uh, throughout his record so he has a kind of a lot of same tones that does feel like your home at a caribou record and yeah. that's what it is and but then you've got like the likes of new jade which kind of is a kind of has a stuttering r&b kind of vocal sample going on which is unexpected for him apparently is one of the songs that uh kieran hebden aka fortet uh pulled out from the demo pile and encouraged him to work on which kind of makes sense because it actually does sound more fortet than anything else yeah. here yeah. um and then obviously home which is based on a sample of the gloria barnes song of the same name which is just gives it that like kind of emotional heft I'd say the the song one of the other songs that was released in advance, uh, you and I, uh, is one of was one of the lead singles. Very kind of indicative of the the cross section of the album. It's kind of soft, but it has uh, some of that kind of um, immediacy to it. Uh, and then there's other songs here. Um, there's a very surprising track actually towards the end, Ravi, mm. um, which is a kind of a Daft Punk esque house French house track, mm-hmm. and not exactly what I was expecting from this, yeah. but. Um, it's it's almost EDM with its uh, the way that it it does the vocal thing, and it could go either way for a lot of people whether they're going to like that or not. Sure. Um, I have I did play it at Lumo last week to see what it was like, and uh, I mean nobody knows the song, so I don't know if they liked it or not. But yeah. it was like, it was like it was just a nice thing to play. I was like, cool, this is cool. I'm just interested to see what this sounds like. And then um, he had previously had a track on his last album called uh, Julia Brightly named after a sound engineer uh, who recently passed away. So that song Magpie on the album was actually uh, about that as well, about Julia Brightley herself. Um, and and there's a number of kind of pleasant tracks that, um, like Cloud Song, which is kind of close to the end, uh, that is the, um, it's the last song actually, isn't it? Yeah, seven minute song. Uh, it kind of has uh, Boards of Canada-esque tones yeah. as well. And then there's, there's a lot of... Um, divergence here as well in terms of the single tracks like that's probably maybe not as simple as some of the other things he's done there's a lot more chopping things up and and uh, diverging into different passages and like it goes from one to another and you're like oh where did that bit come from and then mm. some saxophone comes in and stuff like that but so. it doesn't feel like disjointed at all it kind of no. feels like there's there's method to that madness you know and like i i know i keep going back to the tame impala thing but i just think that everything that went right on this record is everything that went wrong on that tame impala record like i i I couldn't help but compare the two because i was listening to both of them during the same week yeah and yeah it's nearly frustrating to be like oh just do it like this (laughs) (laughs) just be better be like caribou go back and do it again i know but yeah like i i i'm a really big fan of this and we were talking last week about like re-listenability in in music and i this this has that for me for sure because i'm not always looking for the big bangers i'm often looking for the kind of um 
just a little bit more, I guess, out there, whether it's rhythmically or in terms of the tempo or in terms of, like you said, just introducing a saxophone for like four bars and then it disappearing again and to kind of playing with, with textures in that way, um, I think is done really, really masterfully on this. It also just sounds pristine. Like it's not in a like, I, I don't think you could ever, I don't think caribou could ever sound overproduced because the production is such a part of the project like it's yeah. such a part of the sound that he's nearly like showing off how how clean he can get these things um and that's like a lot of fun to listen to i think especially on some good headphones yeah absolutely yeah. i had my first listen on headphones today just this morning actually oh. walking into work um i always I, do my first listen on headphones do you yeah well yeah. i didn't get it in that context and i was like i listened to them the speaker mm. uh, of a speakers here. I have decent speakers in here. I don't have a good setup at home. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did find, you know, you get those now kind of those tones stand out to you a bit more when you're For listening sure. on headphones, yeah, yeah. which is nice. Um, yeah, uh, I think overall, you know, I mean, this, this, some of the context of this isn't needs maybe needs to be stated in terms of um, the album title actually was inspired by a period last summer when his younger daughter about to turn three had added the word to her vocabulary and began saying it all the time. She just kept saying suddenly over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah, I think that's really sweet. <laughs> just like that. Katie Tunstall song. Is it Katie Tunstall? Oh yeah, God. <laughs> Where Jesus. did that come from in my brain? Wow. <laughs> you you don't know something else because you know that. I know. Oh that, no, that's, that's terrible. That's taking up room that's for terrible. a song that you once loved and forgot about. Oh dear, well, you can't have it all, I <laughs> no. guess. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I would say about this is whether it's not, it's obviously not intended to be a huge, like, uh, game changer in terms of what our love would be. And that is almost unfair to him to expect that. But yeah. if anyone is expecting that, you're not going to get that here. No. You're going to get a much more nuanced, um, softer record, slower in places, uh, more experimental, more textured. Um, his voice is a strong thing here generally and i think when it when it works really well when it's paired with like those samples as well yeah um uh, on home for example like he does sing over the gloria barnes bit uh, and there's parts like that it is very soft and it is yeah it is one to, that probably will reveal itself over five or six listens a bit more mm. as well i would say you could definitely pop it on on a summer's day and just yeah, Let it, it wash over a nice like back garden barbecue or something. It's not quite, you know, it's not 10 p.m. yet. You're not ready for the bangers, but you're kind of <laughs> easing yourself in. You're having a few cans. Can you tell I'm dying for summer? Can you tell I'm very excited <laughs> You're sweating about spring? for it. Absolutely. Sweating for a bit of spring. We talked about a bit of spring today. Oh, I love it. Today. I love it. You're, you're up looking at the blue sky today. I was. I woke up at about a half six or quarter past six this morning and there was just a little glimmer in the sky and I was like oh my god it's, it's fucking bright it's nearly We're getting there lads <laughs> yeah 29th of March is daylight savings oh right so we're no we're getting there we're getting there a month away well having you know caribou album in your life can certainly help that yeah um, and give you that impression let's play a bit from never come back from the album suddenly <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
as Caribou never come back from the album Suddenly out this Friday, his fifth album in 20 years, and that is Dance Night. So, uh, yeah, what else is happening? What has been consuming you, Andrea? You finally So I went to see it. this. You finally did this it. This sweet little um, international film. It's been doing the rounds at some festivals. It's called Parasite. Yeah. Don't know if you've heard of it. Not heard um, of it. <laughs> Yeah, I finally went to see it. Oh my god! And give it's us your so... your take on it. Honestly, right? I'm gonna spoilers ahead for Parasite, I suppose. But um, I'm assuming everybody who intended on seeing it has seen it by now. I've just I, right. First of all, I I love his films. I I went vegan the day after I watched Okja. Um, like I find his filmmaking very very impactful and beautiful and all all of that all the things that everybody feels about him but I just this it was like so so it was it was kind of like a two-parter film like thematic or not really thematically but in terms of its plot and I didn't know any I didn't know there was anyone downstairs you did well not to figure out anything nothing didn't know there was anybody downstairs yeah. right so the moment where the old uh, the previous housemaid comes, knocks on the door and comes in and the family are all hiding. I was like, all right, Grant, we're entering the third act now. It's going to be all the family having to hide and da, 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 da. And then I cannot stop thinking about the shot where she opens the door to the downstairs and runs downstairs yelling like, honey, honey. And the camera like follows her down like, but it's in this like it, the the camera's going so fast, and I like literally like was like thrown back in my seat by it. I I could, it was just like, what the ever loving fuck is down there? Like I was terrified, and I yeah, and it's just like I haven't been that gripped by something in so long. I just I wasn't expecting it to be as much of like a thriller as it was. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it was really nail biting at times. And then, but as well, so funny, like just a lot of humor in it that like I thought the, um, the rich mom, she was so funny. Yeah. She was just hilarious. Just like, how they never look down in the film. They never like really look because they're such, you know. They're just, they're yeah. kind of up here. What, even, what? even when they're on the couch and, and the family are hiding, yeah. they would never see them because they just keep their chin head up. they look no at eye level all yeah. the time. And, and they it, crawl out like cockroaches under the table and yeah. just like echoing the their own cockroaches. Yeah. Like that. It's very clever. It's so, and like just moments of it really, really heartbreaking. Like obviously there's, there's when the flood happens um, and just the, the delivery of that line where the rich husband says that people on the subway all have the same smell or something. Um, and then you see the other dad. Sorry, I don't know. Their, I don't remember their names. I don't have them in front of me. But the, the other the poor dad is under the table and he does this thing where like and we've had a lot of humor up till this point, And he does this thing where he kind of takes his shirt and puts it up to his nose to like smell himself and, and see does he smell. And that moment could have been really funny, but it wasn't. It was like really, really poignant and incredibly sad. And 
I just think that the, he's he's so like the whole film, it, it just it's mastery between knowing what moments are humorous and knowing what moments are like really poignant was amazing. Like I did laugh when the wife kicked the other wife down the stairs and I don't know if I was supposed to laugh because it was only like me and two other people on the screen who laughed at that bit and I was like oh shit but like I, I did a big laugh at that but and I was like oh I, shit it, it's a very she kicks her into an abyss almost like she fucking lobs her down the stairs <laughs> like I, I think it was meant humorously until she hits the bottom of the stairs yeah. and then you're like oh okay now, now we're serious um Absolutely everything about it was perfect. There's not one, like every single performance in it was Oscar worthy. Um, the cinematography was so beautiful. It didn't get nominated, I don't think, for cinematography, um, which which was is really, really surprising. Um, and then I finally got to watch the Oscars because I didn't want to watch him like winning or like him and the cast and and uh, and the producers all winning so many Oscars until I'd seen it so then this morning I watched all the videos from the Oscars and I was just I was just like welling off he was just so happy and yeah I'm delighted um and I hope it means that people watch more Korean cinema because yeah. like go back and watch the host it's great Great film. Yeah, I haven't seen The Host it's yet. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Snowpiercer either. I, I think I would probably, I might even go home and watch it tonight. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an easy watch, but it's no, also. No, it seems scary. It has a I'm lot to say to... about class as well. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. It is, it is a very much worth to watch. And yeah. I'm actually, I, I need to find out what other films he did that I haven't seen yet now. Have you seen Snowpiercer? I have, yeah. 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 That's like the one that everybody keeps telling me to go and watch. Well, so. it's on Netflix as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So easy, easy to access. Yeah. No Pacino this week. No Pacino. You having so, a Pacino break? <laughs> well, enforced Pacino break. So um, Harry comes over on Saturday, and Saturday has been our Pacino nights for the past like two or three weeks. So he comes over and he's like, oh, "I don't watch a film," and I was like, "Yeah, we're going to watch uh, Serpico," and he was like, oh, "I could." Can we watch something else? I was like, what? But it's Pacino season. And he was like, we've been watching a lot of Pacino lately. And I was like, but that's the point of Pacino season. What the hell? But he does have a lot of films. So yeah, I guess, then, you know, like, when does Pacino season end? Never. So you see no, well, it's 70s Pacino season. So there's oh, yeah. only about three, okay. three or four more films left. So yeah, no Pacino. Um, but I have also been watching in terms of television and the cultural conversation. I've been watching Love is Blind on Netflix. Okay, tell me all about it. I don't know what it is. Right. So Love is Blind is the thing that everyone on Twitter is talking about if you are not watching it it doesn't matter if you watch Love Island I don't watch that it doesn't matter if you usually go for this kind of thing this is genuinely gripping for how ridiculous these people are so the concept is it was described to me it might help people I don't know what either these I don't know what this other show is but it was described to me as Love Island meets something called 90 Day Fiance which I think it sounds pretty I mean, self-explanatory. You, you can imagine what Yeah, it's so it's um, it's a house uh, of men and women. I don't know how many, actually. There must have been about 15 or 20 of each. And they all date each other, but, they're, but they don't see physically what they look like. So they go into these things called pods, which are basically like two rooms that are joined together with like a screen in the middle. Uh, so they can't see each other at all. And they, they all date each other and then they pick their favourites. Um, and like legitimately after like four days of day, like the first episode is just the pods. Um, 
and six people get engaged without seeing each other, right? So I think what I love so much about it is that it's not the people get engaged and then can't see each other and then they get married because I think that would be too quick to like, for there to be excuses about like, oh, we got an annulment, blah, blah, blah. In this, it's like, no, then they see each other and then it follows them while they go away on a holiday together um, while they move in together, meet each other's families, do their like bachelor and bachelorette parties. And it's insane. Like there's one girl in it called Jessica who, God love her. She, oh yeah, I'm sorry. The best thing about the whole show is that they are just plying them with alcohol the whole time. <laughs> Everyone's hammered, like all the time it doesn't matter what time of day is and it's really really jarring to see americans on television drinking that much because you don't really see it that often yeah like usually they're kind of like having like a little i don't know like a bud light or something they're like having like two beers but these are like these are drunk 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 people <laughs> like professing their love to each other i mean like oh i'm gonna marry him but there's just so much in it like i binged there's eight episodes up and the last, sorry, nine episodes up. The last episode is next week. There's been one wedding so far. And then I think all the other weddings are happening next week. So they have until literally at the altar. And then they're asked in this very like reality TV show, is love really blind? And then they either say like, yes, I will marry you or no, I won't. It's insane. Like it's (laughs) absolutely, you're just watching it going, Americans are mad. Like they're mad. But um, I couldn't recommend it enough. Like it's and it's right. I will say it's not my usual thing. I don't watch Love Island. I don't go for this kind of stuff usually. But like it is genuinely it. It makes me it gives me like early Big Brother vibes. Okay, (laughs) like very interesting. Right. So that's me. That's what I've been watching and and consuming. I think I haven't been doing much else. Speaking of Big Brother, I did actually end up watching a... uh, uh, Which name escapes me now? Uh, Reeling in the Years. uh, The 2000s editions. Oh, very good. Um, And one of the ones was the first year of Big Brother with Nasty Nick and all that. Craig and Anna Nolan and all them. Um, Huge year. Yeah, huge year. Did Everyone you watch it that year? Yes. My mom wouldn't let me watch it. I was 18, it. so I think I was watching it then, yeah. I was not. I remember just being on all the time. Yeah. And it was such a novelty because it was like, you know, it was on, I don't know if it was on that year, but it was the year or two afterwards where it was just on constantly. Mm. On one of the other, all four, on the E4. More four, E4, yeah. yeah. It's just on. I think I started hours. watching it the second year because uh, the first year, mom thought I was a bit young because they were all like, there was no rules that year. Like yeah. no one knew they were going to become a celebrity. So they were all up to all sorts. Um, but um, I would have seen like a little bit. And like the the impact that Big Brother had was insane. Like yeah. it's just, it's mad. Uh, I it's love so weird. The years, I've heard that uh, theme song being played by DJs in a recent context of like people who are obviously that age who were a bit younger. It was mm. like, I remember the time I was like, that song is so cheesy. And now oh, I'm like, it's such an unbelievable oh, tune. <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> tune. <laughs> dun, 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 and dun, it dun. just, it, it, it not only captures like Big Brother and its impact, but it sounds like it is from yeah. the early 2000s as well. It's yeah. so, it's, oh, they got it so right. It's great. <laughs> What's your man's name who did it? The, D, the DJ. Uh, Paul Ogilvall, wasn't it? Is it? I think so, yeah. yeah. Big Brother team, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. So, so good. Um, 
Have you been uh, watching anything else? Um, the only thing I've been watching other than, other than really in the years, um, although the Saipan one isn't up on YouTube, unfortunately, mm. um, which is a pity. Yeah, Paul Ogilvie did it. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, the Saipan one, I was really looking forward to the drama of that because mm. it's like so recent in a way and it's all so familiar. Like there was things in um, in the Rin and the years about you know uh, <laughs> the the aircom shareholders meeting when everyone all the public bought shares yeah and like Eamon Duffy and Shane Ross are there like causing havoc giving out at the chair stink. meeting like I, I watched I gas. watched that episode of Real in the Years I'd say only a couple of months ago yeah and like Dunphy is like not holding back it's yeah. great yeah so good <laughs> oh I love him <laughs> so yeah I've been watching I want to watch more of those actually because it's just there's loads of them on YouTube yeah 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 some some one person has posted them all but there is the 2002 Roy Keane Saipan thing is missing yeah. and I was like I want a bit of that yeah. I want a bit of that drama yeah um the only other thing I've been watching other than that is uh my friend told me that uh Seinfeld is on all all four all five seasons first five seasons of oh Rana I didn't know it was on all, all four. on all four oh, and unreal. all four is free to use and you can just I watch. actually started watching Kirby Enthusiasm oh that was the other thing I started yeah. watching I started watching <laughs> For some reason, I start watching the tent because uh, I think you could just dip in. I know what I've seen enough I've, of them to I've know what he's in. about. Har- Harry's yeah. just been like putting on his favorite episodes to show me. Yeah, and oh, it's very good. Well, it's the new one, funny. the first one is the first or second of the new one where he starts wearing a maga hat just to because he doesn't. He I wants that. he wants to go to he has to go to a meeting because he's basically got himself into a meeting he doesn't want to go to and he's trying to get, figure out how to get out of it. Mm. So he starts wearing a maga hat. Yeah, <laughs> and be, he's a, rep- a repellent, a natural repellent, right to Hollywood. Uh, you know agents and stuff like that so yeah. he's just like but to get a good seat at the bar he's like or at the sushi bar he's like <laughs> just starts putting on the MAGA hat and stuff like that I just yeah I, I, I can only him. take small doses of of the cringe that is associated with Kirby enthusiasm and the cantankerous energy that Larry David uh, puts across but he's See, I, no, I one, no one else can do it better yeah I feel like I have had so many years of cringe content built up that I have a thick enough skin to now watch Curb whereas yeah. had I not watched it had I watched it maybe when it first came out I wouldn't have quite yeah, been able to do it same, yeah. yeah that's why but, I'm like, um, okay I can just watch this now yeah yeah I watched the episode that has Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it which is very very funny she's very good in it okay. I like that all the the celebrities that are in it play themselves but themselves as complete assholes <laughs> Um, I really, really like that. Like your man from Cheers is very funny in it. Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He's really, really good. Um, but yeah, Cur- Curb's good. I've been watching it. I, like, it doesn't seem like you have to watch it like all like in one. I don't think so. I think there's one season that has like a continuous plot in it, but I don't know. I haven't been watching that one anyway. Thank you. you pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think. I get the vibe. It's good. I like it. Very good. Um, okay, we leave it there for this week. Mm, big week next week. Big week next week. Big choice. Andrea, what have you got going on? Got The Choice. Got 1975. Uh, We've got a very cool interview. Yeah, we're going to be chatting to God Knows next week. Yeah, we will. Uh, He has a new EP on Friday, which is Unreal. Yeah. And uh, you will hear... (laughs) Unreal. Unreal. You'll hear hear that um, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, on the website, actually. Mm. We are featuring it. And uh, there's a video to come, which is one of my... 
Favourite things coming out of Ireland in the last like two years possibly. Is this the video that's been teased on Instagram yeah. stories? It looks banging. It's so good. <laughs> it looks it's so really good. good. Well, a lot of the people who are in that uh, uh, video or in that on that posse cut, what mm. you want to call it that, from Limerick, are playing our show on March 13th, Friday, March 13th, as part of St. Patrick's Festival. Uh, it is headlined by God Knows Denise and Bantam doing a set together. We've got Merle from Russ and Gana Family as well, Sunita from Shukra, Farah L, Hazy Hayes, Citrus Fresh, Outsider YP, Gavin Da Vinci as well, Strange Boy, uh, Chrome and Mankey all playing live uh, in That's Lost unreal. Lane on Friday, March 13th. And it would be remiss of me to mention the other gig that we announced this week because it is an all ages gig. Yay. Doesn't happen that often. We, we last year we did Dublin and Sound uh, on Record Store Day. We're doing it again Saturday, April eighteenth. So daytime, daytime gig. Home just and just what you like. By nine. I love <laughs> one, it. You'd be home asleep by six o'clock if you want. Oh no, I'll I'll go <laughs> for a pizza. It's one p.m. <laughs> till five p.m. and we've got Soleil, Junior Brother. Gemma Dunleavy and Extra Vision playing at Lost Lane on Saturday, April 18th, starting at 1pm and going on to 5. Uh, we are releasing an album, or a 12-inch vinyl made by Dublin Vinyl as well with artwork by Kelly O'Dowd. It's very cool. It's going to be good. It's going to be a nice gig. Last year when we did it, it was such a nice vibe just to be able to have a gig that... You know, like teenagers could come to, or parents could come to, and everybody could come to. And or was, smaller kids like, could come I, and get their first. Tru- yeah, truly yeah. meant all ages, and that's what I really hope will happen again this year. Yeah, so yeah, it's really nice to be able to. And record store day is just such a lovely day to be in town. Yeah, anyway, like it's lovely to kind of go around all the record stores and then dip in for a little gig. So yeah, if you spend like it's twelve fifty uh, to buy a ticket for the gig, and you get a free vinyl with that if you turn mm-hmm. up. So there you go. You know, it's a bargain. It's all a bargain. And, you know, hopefully we'll get a a younger generation at their first gig, maybe. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm -hmm. That'd be nice. Um, So Soleil, Junior Brother, Gemma, don't leave you next revision. If you want to see more about that, there's an events box on on 909.com. And all of our Facebook and event bright stuff is where we sell our tickets. So that's it from us this week. Yeah, Uh, We'll be back next week um, for the big week. And uh, we're going to leave you with a track from a Cork producer, Cork musician called Yankee. Uh, this is a lovely new song that came out last uh, week called Lucy and we'll leave it there thanks and good night and good evening God and good morning look after everybody bye, 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 bye. I know that the world is slowly getting colder but something in the way you give me the cold shoulder says I know that the world is slowly getting colder <laughs>
Flexibility, take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.